peace on earth begins in birth. Maha Al Musa has spent the past 24 years of her life guiding women to reach deep inside to their true power so that mother and baby can birth in wholeness and holiness. Sovereign birth doesn't mean how you give birth, but that you and your baby are the center of that experience. I am so happy to present my conversation with Maha Al Musa. So I'm very happy to speak with you this second time round since the technology gremlins got the hold of our first interview. I guess uh, everything conspires against huge change in birth, but we're not going to be we're not going to be uh, <laughs> put down that easily just with a little tech, techie glitch. So um, I wonder, Maha, if you could just uh, introduce yourself for our listeners. Sure. And probably this is our second birth together. (laughs) 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 So my name is Maha, Maha Al Musa, and I have been a childbirth educator uh, for the last 24 years since 1997. And I am the founder of Embody Birth and Belly Dance Birth. So I've traveled globally to teach my program to birth professionals in the last 10 years. And before that, I was teaching pregnant mums and I have birthed three beautiful children, all as nature intended. And my last, my daughter at home when I was 46 years of age and I breastfed her eight and a half years and it was in the worldwide media advocating on natural term breastfeeding. And I'm very, very passionate about bringing women home to their own heart, their own hands, their own womb, their babies and their knowing for birth. That is really what Embody Birth is all about, is embodying the wholeness of the whole experience of childbirth as a rite of passage rather than a medical event. So as mentioned, I've traveled the world. I've taught in six countries, the last three in China. And now with the COVID, I've had to recalibrate everything I'm doing and come more online. So I do a lot of counselling online for women for birth preparation and after baby and relationships and all kinds of things. And also for women looking to conceive in their early 40s as well, because I had a baby at 46 naturally. And uh, I have a lot of women asking for that kind of support as well. So I do lots of things. And um, rather than telling women what to do, I rather listen to what it is that they already know and bring that to light rather than being someone who instructs or you know gives advice in a sense I'm I'm guiding you home to yourself so that's really what my work is about so I I'm really interested in getting more into that but I'm just going to ask you a side question now since we've been in the in the COVID reality now for for months, and um, and I'm wondering if uh, women are turning to you wanting more information about out of hospital births because of yes. the recognition that hospitals are for sick people. Yes, that's right, and that is really what we talk about in Embody Birth: is your body is not a pathology, and I think women are realizing that during this COVID crisis that actually the power lies within me, that I can do this, that I can create the kind of birth vision that I want, that my baby wants and needs. And I will search out support and guidance from that lens. And so I think COVID has exposed a beautiful opening into women taking the sovereignty back of their own birth being autonomous in their decision-making, in actually saying, as we say in Embodied Birth, you are the centre of the experience as the expert that carries the expertise. You are a whole woman birthing your whole baby in your wholeness and your holiness. And I think that that idea has started to penetrate through the walls of the system itself where women are taking a stance. And so, yes, I get those women who seek me out because that is what I fully, wholeheartedly, 100% support. 
is women finding that strength and confidence or not even finding, knowing that it exists already within themselves. And so it's just that leaning in toward that knowledge and knowing and being supported in that rather than being opposed, which is often what the system will do, will make us question that knowing. And that can, in a vulnerable time such as pregnancy and heading to birth, can derail women. So it's really, really important that we start with the premise that my body knows birth, my baby knows birth. This is an experience of transcendence, not just about getting a baby out. There is more to this experience of birth. Who can I seek that understands this intimately and deeply from a more sacred lens? And it's wonderful that women are seeking this out and that home birth has become a chosen birth environment for women during this COVID too. So yes, the positive things that have come out of this crisis in the birthing world is really great to see and I fully support it. Mm. So um, another thing that, I, that I've been thinking about a lot lately is the nature of shame and the connectedness between uh, those three those three really difficult emotions shame guilt and fear and when you were speaking about the way that women come to you and the way that women are treated often by the medical system i think the those three emotions are often tapped into when they're communicating with some medical professionals how do you mm. let women open up and shed those? Well, it's an incremental step-by-step -step process of awareness. So we first have to come to a sense of self-awareness on this journey. This is what pregnancy and birth gifts us with. This opening and awakening into who am I on this journey? So all of these emotions that you've mentioned as well as positive, optimistic, elated emotions will all come to the surface because we are dealing with a somatic experience of the body. And the body is not just the physical body. We have the emotional body, the energetic body, the psychic body, the sexual body, the spiritual body, the mental mind body. So we are a living, aware woman having this experience of awakening because as our body stretches, as our body expands to accommodate our baby, so too do all of these bodies which contain these emotions that you're speaking of. So it is natural and actually it is needed to excavate through these emotions. We actually need to go there in birth preparation. It is essential that we do. So the first thing is to know that when these supposedly negative emotions arise or the emotions that we need to look at within ourselves, that is a really profound and positive and potent place to bring ourselves our attention to, to awaken those things that need to be looked at. So that's the first thing that I would say to women. It is wonderful that these emotions are coming to the surface to be examined. And it's not an always an easy thing if it's the first time that you're examining your feelings around shame or blame or your fears. It can be difficult to process everything that's going on, but we are the carriers of life. We are the bearers of life. And this is our responsibility as birthers to bring to the fore what it is that's happening within our own emotional body and work with that. Because once we can work on clearing the path, we're clearing channels for our babies to be born through. So our baby is having an experience of birth. Our baby is having an experience of our emotional world with us. So we are working together in unison to create the channels of clearing space. And that needs a person or a support person, a doula, a friend, 
it, someone who really understands the spiritual nature of birth preparation. Otherwise, you are sinking deeper in the quagmire. And that's what often happens to women who go with these feelings to a medical environment to get an assessment, which is ordinarily and usually of the physical nature or the pathology, as I mentioned before. So what is neglected is the emotional world. And it is one of the most important areas of birth preparation because our body is connected to those emotions. And when we feel those emotions within our body, our body has a reaction or a response to either freeze, to constrict, or to say, I can release and surrender. So there's this constriction and release when these negative emotions flood us, flood the body. And then of course there's hormones and other things going on as well within the body. But if we can have that awareness that what's happening is a normal and natural response or reaction, to the experience of the body expanding and opening, to grow our baby, to reveal our emotional world. And so the medical system isn't the best place to go to, to get that kind of support and guidance and nourishment and nurturing in what's going on on that energetic level and that emotional level. So that is why women seek women like you and I out because we have that understanding and we can reference and guide and support a woman back home to those feelings rather than avoiding them. Let's take a look at what's rising up through the body. Let's address those things. And we say that in body birth. Can we meet whatever is arising in every unfolding moment? of our pregnancy and our birth. But it's hard to meet those things when we don't have those around us who can really deeply hold us in those spaces for healing, for transformation, for that excavation. This is a soul journey with our babies. We are carrying a soul, another person within our body contained within our body, but expanding through our body. And we are opening to birth that expansion with our babies. So this is a process that is a dyad of mother and baby working together. We're not separate. We are one. And what influences me chemical reactions, the biochemistry, all of that in my body affects my baby. So we want to be as stress-free as we can by working with those who really get what's going on in this journey for us. So going back to your question of all of these feelings, these feelings inherently are not wrong. They're not something to be avoided or be shameful of or scared of. They're actually the natural spiritual part of the birth process and that journey that needs to be addressed. And so it's a really great, wonderful and positive thing that your body is revealing these things to you rather than saying, oh, no, no, we don't want to have fear. We don't want to have stress. We've got to try and bypass that. We've got to try and avoid that. It doesn't go anywhere. It just goes deeper into the, into the body, into the cells, into the muscles, into, yes, the physical aspects of the body. So the emotion sits in the physicality of our body. And we will talk more about why I use dance as a birth preparation, because mm -hmm. we must come back to the body. Yeah to do so, that process i mm. i know that um i know that you as well as i we've experienced uh we've met women who have in well all women have an instinctual primal knowledge of what it is to give birth just like we instinctively know how to make love and conceive a baby and menstruate and all those every everything our body does what do you think it is that separates some of us 
from that knowledge because I've met women in all sorts of different circumstances who just live that knowledge. Mm. You know, I could be, uh, I've been at both where I literally was just, oh yes, I was present, but I really wasn't very actively present. And then others where, where women really did need me to keep reminding them of, you know, what, where to center and what their center was. And, and then even uh, another group of women who really at a certain point said, you know, no, no, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to having my birth taken care of for me. And, and Mm. so what do you think that is? How do you think that plays out in all of, uh, in all of us as we're so different in the world? Mm. And that's the thing. We are all very different and we can't be all the same in our personal evolution, who I am. And who I was when I gave birth to my first son 24 years ago is not who I am today at 58 years of age, you know, as my third child reaches 12. Every experience that we have, every person we meet, everything we see, read, hear, intuit has an influence on our evolution as women. And we also must consider the mother line, the lineage that we come from. What does that line look like? Is there intergenerational trauma that has been, you know, coming through that line? Am I having to work with my grandmother's evolution? Where did she reach in her development, spiritually, emotionally? Yeah. Where did my mother reach in her own personal development and the things that happened to her? I carry everything from my mother line so some of us have that understanding that this birth preparation and birthing is an opportunity to also heal what is unhealed within that mother line and sometimes the stresses and the abuses and the violations that happened in that mother line are very hard to break through So that's when I talk about having an awareness of possibility. If I don't even know that that possibility exists in birth, then how do I even know that I can open that doorway? Where do I find that door? Who who shows me the way? Where do I get taken to be able to open that door? Or do I stand on the outside of that door and look at myself and say, wow, isn't it interesting? I can't open that door into the next stage of my evolution what stops me so really it's a personal approach to birth preparation that says i am responsible in my evolution there is a possibility that i can grow from this experience am i willing to take that opportunity am i willing to be responsible and this can go on on an unconscious level It may not have even risen to consciousness. But somebody somewhere could say something that, ah, the light goes off. It could just be a sentence or a meme that you read or or something that I say or you say in this interview. And then there's that light bulb moment of, wow, I could possibly do this differently. Or, yes, I'm on the right path for me and my baby. Am I listening to my baby? My baby is also guiding me to where I need to go to. My family of origin, my partner's family, all of these things dance together. So when we look and we work with different women who are at different stages of development, we can see as you say, some women are really open to experiencing something new and other women are, no, someone else can do that for me. So there's a whole array of influences that impose upon us in that decision-making. And in my work in embodied birth, what I do is just open the gates of possibility to say, maybe you could look at this If you're ready to, if you're not ready, it's okay. There's no judgment upon your readiness or lack of or any of that. It's just saying, 
here is an array of possibility. As we say, have a 360 degree vision of your journey. What's in front of you? What's behind you? What's to the side of you? Are you willing to embrace all of that or is it too much for you? Maybe you only want to have that linear view of your experience. Yeah. Maybe your mother-in-law is putting pressure on you to do things a certain way. Do you have the ability to speak up for yourself or have you not got to that level of evolution? Maybe your fear rises up or a shame or any of those things and you can't speak up because remember Rivka, we as women have been conditioned on so many levels to come from a sense of lack rather than a sense of abundance. You only have to look on social media to see the constant stream of, you know, media influences for women about finding your abundance, your power, your voice, your confidence. And we're in 2020 and we're still having to share this with women. So it shows me that we haven't been conditioned as a society to stand forward, to stand in, in integrity, to stand strong, to speak our truth, to not be afraid, because we do live under the umbrella of patriarchy. That does often create the sense of females being less than or having to defend and justify themselves. That's what I find a lot with women that when I need to make a certain choice for me and in the birth arena for my baby, I can't seem to be able to make that easily because somewhere the conditioning is I'm on the back foot. So I need to, if I want to make a decision, suddenly I've got to justify it to everybody. You know, I want to have a physiological third stage. Oh no, you can't do that. We, you know, the policy here is not that. Well, but I need that. I want that. I understand. I don't want the cord cut. I don't want this syntocin and injection. I want to birth my placenta naturally. But why would you want to do that? You know, we don't do that here or whatever it is. Mm. We have to fight for our, our right. And when mm. we can stop fighting, when we can just say in our strength and in our dignity and in our integrity, this is what I and my baby need and want. And if this can't be done, I'm going elsewhere because I really want this. Or you say, okay, I'll go with that. So we are all at different levels. It's not an easy thing to stand up in a, in a model of care. And I say that lightly, a model of care when you feel as though you are not centered. So many women don't feel that they and their babies are at the center of the experience. We center the medical world. We center the obstetrician or the doctor. They know better than me. We have been conditioned to believe that, that the one in the white coat. And when it comes to birth, this is the antithesis of the sacredness of the experience. It's not the white coat that knows more than you. You know this is your body and your baby. They are there to support, to guide, if it's a necessity for intervention, an emergency, a medical event. That is their skill set. But in terms of that knowing that we always say to women, you know, how do I access that knowing? That is the key to center that knowing yourself and your baby. There are three things you birth with, your body, your baby, and your inner knowing. That is it at the end of the day. How do I come home to those places? And everyone will do that differently. As we know, witnessing yeah. so many births. Would you say, as a, as a birth elder, what, how, do, how have you seen things change over the years that you've been practicing? Well, it's interesting because I live in, and I'm 
not sure if your listeners know of Byron Bay in Australia. And this is the place that I birthed my three children back in 1996 and 1999 with my boys and then 2008 with my daughter. And in the 90s, when I came to Byron Bay, which is a very spiritual area, it's a very feminine area, and it's actually an indigenous women's birthing place. And it's also a meeting place. So it has the energy of birth. And it was the centre of home birth in Australia in the 80s and the 90s. So when I came to Byron Bay pregnant with my first son at 27 weeks, there was about a dozen home birth midwives to choose from. So we as the mothers would interview the midwife that we resonated with. So you would, we used to have a pregnancy support group, which is still running after nearly 40 years. It's amazing. And I taught in that group for 20 years. But we would be able to say to, oh, Rivka, I'd love to talk to you. I'm, you know, would like to interview you and see whether we get on and whether, you know, your, what you do as a midwife resonates with what I need and what my baby needs. So I would go and interview you and go, okay, this is what Rivka offers. This is what, you know, is available to me with you. I'll maybe go and try another midwife. So you might have two or three midwives. And that is how I birthed my first two sons, by centering myself and being at births with home birth midwives. So I apprenticed as a home birth midwife. I'm not a, a trained midwife, but I call myself a traditional midwife because that's how I learned in the 90s in Byron Bay. And I learned amazing things. And what I saw was the power was with the woman and her baby. And that's the other side of it. What I hear now is, you know, my program will empower you or I will empower you or this will empower you. Nobody empowers you. I do not carry your power. You do. What I would do as an educator is inspire you to find the power within yourself. And that is really how we started with those home birth midwives and that, um, you know, philosophy that mother and baby are the experts. Mm. And so over the years, and it was interesting birthing my baby in 2008, when I started to see in Australia, I can speak for Australia, is the strangling, the stranglehold of home birth midwives. Suddenly they can't get insurance. Mm. Suddenly they can't operate independently anymore. This erosion of these principles which are basically the sovereignty of mother and baby started to become less and diminish and lessen and lessen. And then this caused a lot of angst in birthing mothers. So what I could see was this move away from autonomy to having power over the move away from midwife with woman to medwife mm. medical support of women so it's been a transition of slowly eroding the principles of sacred physiological birth to put birth into the industrial complex system that sits in a hospital which is a business so this is why the power over has grown because birth becomes a corporation a hospital is a corporation it's a capitalistic event rather than a rite of passage as we've spoken about. And so this slow change is what has occurred. And this has occurred globally as well in the West. But interestingly, I have been teaching a lot in the East, in Japan, in India, in China, the last three years until COVID hit this year. But going to China has been really interesting because they have had human rights abuses in childbirth, terrible stories of what's happened to women. But three years ago, the change came that they could have two babies by law mm -hmm. rather than the one child policy. And what that did is it started to open China up to understanding a more spiritual looking of birth. So there's still the component that hospitals are businesses, but there's an awareness that it has activated in China 
about bringing in mentors or teachers or educators that can actually show them a more loving and gentle way of birth. And that's where I was coming in to teach my program. Um, and, and I found that very interesting that the East is searching and seeking for this information while the West has, you know, a, a power over in the birth environment. That's kind of what I have seen over the last 24 years. And I have seen the, ex, the, um, the women's fears have just grown exponentially around yeah. birth. That's the first thing, is the sense of fear, which contracts the body, which constricts the body. So all that I spoke about, about expansion, is the antithesis of the birth environment that we have now, because we don't understand the principles of sovereignty and placing mothers at the center. And that is really what my work has always been about. I've never deviated from that because I have an understanding of why we need to have those kinds of principles. And unfortunately, the medical model lacks emotional intelligence. Mm. If we want to say it as it is, that's mm -hmm. really what is lacking in the business model. The heart has gone. And when we lose the heart, we lose the essence and gift of what birth is about. And that's what I try to uphold and keep alive in my work and my working with women and in my online program and in my counseling and everything that I do. So you have to have. What is your larger goal as a birth educator or as a midwife? What is it? What do you believe birth's purpose to be? And I talk about this when I go to China, when I teach birth professionals, I'll go around the circle and I'll ask, I'll ask two questions. Number one, why are you a midwife? Why are you an obstetrician? Why? Why did you choose that career, a doula? Secondly, what do you believe birth's purpose to be? What is birth all about? And it's so interesting to open this narrative. And I don't think that many birth professionals have actually been asked this question mm. on a more intimate personal development kind of arena. The head is full with all the medical knowledge, but the heart has been severed from the head. And yeah. there's the problem. And that's what home birth midwives carried in a lot of ways, more than the medical, is that connection to heart and humanity and knowing that birth is a cutting edge life experience. We walk on the edge of life and death. So we need to be held by an energy that supports that kind of activation that's going on and unfortunately that is not what we have and i'm hitting my head against a brick wall all the time it's frustrating when you know it is frustrating is it is frustrating mm. but i think that one of the things that um that keeps me going is knowing that There wouldn't be such a push against what we're doing if it wasn't vitally important. Mm. If it wasn't so radical that women find their own way and feel their own power and give uh, birth with power and being supportive, if, if that wasn't such a radical act, then no one would be pushing at it. No one would want women to be giving birth alone and afraid because that breaks that, that circle. So, mm. so I think there's validation in the fact that it is a struggle and that you, we do feel frustrated and it is, a, it is bigger than ourselves. Mm. Mm. That's right, that's right. And I, I, and I think what we were saying before, what changes a woman's perspective is the work that we do. And sometimes when you are hitting your head on the brick wall, you think, is anybody listening? But I know that they are. I mean, I've just had 23 Vietnamese women all 
doing my online program together, mothers who have come back with the most incredible testimonials. I had one woman who was so fearful of birth that she was beside herself. She's done my program and now she's having a home birth in Vietnam, <laughs> you know, which is not something that's readily available, no. but she feels so strong and it's her first baby. Mm. So going from extreme fear, moving through this program and understanding this experience that she's embarking upon from this kind of lens that we're speaking of. Another woman who gave birth to her baby and had an incredible experience. And the experience doesn't always have to be a natural physiological birth. For me, I speak about free birth for me means to birth in your freedom. So that doesn't matter whether you've had intervention or you've had a cesarean or you've had the physiological birth. As long as within that, your autonomy and sovereignty was able to show itself and be heard and supported and listened to and understood. You, every woman on this planet must birth in her freedom. So for me, free birth should not be something that is given to a small portion of women mm. who say, oh my God, thank God, I was able to free birth. Every woman must have that opportunity to birth in freedom. That is also really important. And that is regardless of the outcome. If she is centered and she feels loved, and she feels deeply cared for from a heartfelt place, that is the freedom. That is where the freedom lies because then I mother from that place. I am worthy. I am valuable. All my experience is valid. Everything is important that I have been through. I am not less than. I am growing into my womanhood, my motherhood. So it's about elevating the experience through respecting and revering birth as this kind of place where women are valued, are valued. And the, the, often the hitting the head on the brick wall is how birth is placed in the patriarchy that doesn't speak for me. It doesn't speak for my experience. It doesn't speak for my spirituality. And when I do speak up, then I find that what I said before, I have to justify my voice. I have to defend what I want. And we need to push through that and bring it back to matriarchy. That's where we need to come to. Or maternal feminism is also what I speak about, to become a maternal feminist. Because we know the feminist movement in many ways disregarded the you know conspiracy of stay at home and have babies and be tied to the kitchen sink that mm. was kind of the framing of mothering and birth and there was elements of that i'm sure but we've thrown it all out we are remodeling feminism through the lens of maternity and what could that look like as that whole woman and support that. It's not either or. It's how can we create the holistic view and the holistic model of becoming a mother. And we need to respect, honestly, respect the experience from our perspective without that need to justify so creating that parallel pathway to the medical model is really important for me as an educator. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's one of them yeah, it's one of the most important things I would say mm. in this in yeah. this work. Mm. And you know the other thing Rivka which we might talk upon is you know with everything that's going on in the world and everything that we are now understanding about pre and perinatal psychology and understanding about the baby the baby having an experience through its mother, through her biochemistry, through her thoughts, her emotions, her feelings, her body, 
and how the way in which we are born, the way we are welcomed or not, has an imprinted through our limbic system, has a profound, profound impact on the human beings that will develop and go forth into the world. The legacy that we leave as mothers is imprinted through the experience of pregnancy and birth, that first hour after birth and first months and years. And often when it comes to, you know, we look at psychology through a child at three, four, five, or as teenagers or as adults, but we must come back to understanding the impact of the birth experience. And as Dr. Michelle O'Donnell talks about the industrialized way of birthing, meaning that we are losing the ability to birth with oxytocin. That is so profound what he speaks about. And when we look at the world and we see the level of fear that is expounded, we are seeing the fear and the anxiety and the imprint of birth from the past 20, 30, 40 years. So anyone who is a, a doula or an educator, again, needs to look at what is birth's purpose on a higher level at a higher realm. It is to raise consciousness. It is to raise love consciousness for all of humanity through the way babies are born. This is why I do the work that I do on the spiritual plane, because I understand the imprint of the birth experience. And I would hope that this message is the message we can get out into the world because we can't change humanity unless we change it at the fundamental core of the way we gestate and are marinated in our mother's womb and then the way we are received earthside. That continuum must be examined if we are going to bring peace and love and all of those things that people talk about to the, the earth. So we can't bypass that. And it's a time that birth got its platform in the spiritual understanding of what life is. And, you know, I listen to podcasts and I watch things and it's a lot of men talking about things about how we can change the world. But very rarely do we see in the mainstream women or the voices of mothers who've had these transcendent experiences who understand something a lot more deeply about this rite of passage that is birth. A lot of people dismiss that as having no impact on baby's development into childhood and adulthood. But there is so much that needs to be examined about birth if we want to bring peace on earth through birth. I really like uh, Karen Strange's discussion of uh, the idea of rupture and, and, um, and repair so mm. that it doesn't put the, it doesn't put, it doesn't put the whole onus on the mother but it also allows for the baby to have their journey. So, and, and anyone who has practiced detachment parenting knows that, uh, you know, a, a breastfeeding two-year-old will come to the mother and then wander off and then come back and then wander further and then come back. And that whole sense of, you know, going far and then coming back, I think is so important to recognize mm -hmm. that it's not just one thing that's happening. It's not that, Mothers have to have their babies and then grab them and and do any kind of um, scheduled kind of list of events. It's a whole it's a whole unique pattern that the mother baby dyad mm -hmm. does together. And I That's think right. that leads us really nicely into your whole. You haven't even spoken about dance with birth. So 
can you talk us to us a little bit about how your 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 dance informs birth and how birth informs the dancing mm. of the body mm. so i'm the author of the book dance of the womb which is a world first book on belly dance for pregnancy and birth what's very important to me about my work and my book is that it is honoring my roots so I come from Palestinian Lebanese with a bit of Egyptian and Indian thrown in there <laughs> and grew up in the West, obviously. But it is a homage to my, my roots and also a dedication to my grandmother who represents my Palestinian grandmother who birthed nine babies in our family birthing house in Palestine that no longer exists, but exists in my heart, exists in my memory, exists in my spirituality to draw on her strength of birthing her nine children and my father was her sixth in our family birthing house to dance the dance of birth the dance of the life of life the dance of the womb and for me it is so significant that the dance is a representation of flow and movement and the lineage that i spoke about that we all carry this dance of birth within us. So what I have tried, not tried to do, what I have done is created a universality around the dance of the womb. So transcending the culture and coming to the culture of birth of all women, that the dance represents that interpersonal and personal evolution and the dance within with your baby that is seeking to reveal itself. And dance is working with the body. So when I talk about belly dance birth, I'm not talking about cabaret dancing. And this has been the big problem in the West, that when women hear about belly dancing and birth, they think that it's a dance for an audience out there. And we have that idea of the male gaze and the cabaret and the full-on you know over-the-top cabaret dance and this is about finding the subtlety of the dance and of movement and connection to your intuitive knowing in order to activate it so the dance is an activator it accesses activates and releases that knowing and floods your body with that confidence around birth. And it also creates the bonding and the connection to your baby so you can listen to your baby speak. So we talk about the psychic highway between mother and baby. So when we dance and we are connected and we use breath, sound and movement, we start to feel in a self-referenced motion that knowledge that needs to be or that pathway that we need to walk on as an individual in our own evolution so the dance that comes out of me and the feelings that i connect to can be different to the woman next to me yeah so we all have this pathway of birth that we we dance upon so the dance being a somatic practice of the living aware body is a way to activate, release and surrender that story within. As we say in embodied birth, mystery, my story. So what is it that I need to face? What is it that I need to meet? How do I expand into that? And dance is a beautiful way to do that. And in belly dance birth, we never do any choreography. And the reason for that is you cannot choreograph your birth. And a lot of childbirth education puts everything into sort of little boxes as though birth unfolds, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four. No, birth is about rhythm and stillness. But I'm always in rhythm even when I'm in stillness. There is always something moving and something knocking on the door of mystery. And that is why we use beautiful, gentle dance uh, and music. So when we slow down and we go into a gentle space, we can start to listen and feel as the body expands, the body speaks to us. 
So there's a vocabulary of birth that sits within the womb space. And that's why it's the dance of the womb that we need to open, dance into, listen, expand through the breath and come into those spaces, those energetic spaces and those emotional spaces that we talked about at the beginning of this interview that need to reveal themselves. And so the beauty of belly dance birth is that when you use these movements as a birth preparation, so during pregnancy in the prenatal time, when you come to give birth, you are already familiar with the movements of birth, with the instinctive and intuitive birth movements that is belly dance birth. You are in touch with the shapes of nature because we birth, mother nature is within our own womb. All babies are born on country, our own womb. So we excavate into the circles, the spirals, the figure eight movements, using the pelvis, the hands and the arms, the chest movements. So our whole body is getting this gentle flowing workout. And I think that's also why Rivka in the East, they really understand my work because there's a lot of um, links and threads linking with Tai Chi and these slower movements, these energetic dances, yeah, and practices, Kijong and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So I find in the West, women are not as in touch with their bodies they're more there's more of a, a directive and a, and a more of a masculine kind of you know i'm leading and i have to be strong and i can't soften into my femininity i've got to be vigilant i've got to you know make sure I'm, I'm protected whereas this is asking us to to let go and to surrender and to soften and to melt in the way we need to in birth and i have taught 24 years belly dance birth and i can tell you the majority of women say this is the best birth preparation. It's better than lots of other modalities because it brings us home. We are autonomous. We are connected. We are listening to our body and our baby. And this is all we need. I can't tell you how many times women have said that. There is no pressure. There is no judgment. There is no right way or wrong way to breathe or move or do. It's your way that brings you into connection. So there are modalities that we have where, you know, women may get stuck in labor and they are relying on someone on the outside to tell them what position to get into or how to move their body. And in the West, these things are very popular because it puts us in our head. And then we think, oh, right, I get it. I know it, we intellectualize. And we say in body birth, the baby doesn't come out of your head. The baby comes out of your vagina. Get down into your pelvis, into your womb, get down to earth. And that's what belly dance birth does. It brings you into the connection to mother earth within and without, on the outside and within, the macro and the micro. And so those beautiful gentle dance movements bring us into the place we need to come to when we give birth. So when our uterus contracts and the fundus pulls up and the cervix is dilating and softening and opening, yeah, we need to be able to mirror that movement ourselves. So we move into the contracting uterus in order to expand into our body. So we call contractions expansions. I need to be willing and able to meet what's happening in my body. And I will find the movements because I'm connected. I can feel where is my baby lying? Do I need to lift up my leg? Do I need to lean forward and open the pelvis? Do I need to just lie on my side and rest? Yeah. Can I just dance with my partner or my doula? Can I be lean on them and be supported by them and be free, let my pelvis go? Can I intuit and feel, did my baby move a little bit? Is my baby posterior? 
Maybe I need to lean forward. If my baby's not in a good position, deep squatting is not good to do because it's pushing my baby further in the pelvis. I need to lift the baby out. I need to work with baby. I need to talk to my baby. So these are all the principles of embodied birth that we impart to mothers. So not as a directive, not as an instruction, but an invitation to come home to your instincts and your intuition. And it is those women often who feel less inhibited about their bodies, we often see in birth, that actually are able to meet the rhythms of birth more easily than other women who perhaps have that disconnection, have lived outside of their body. And that's what belly dance birth invites us back into through the dance to come back to the body, to the baby, to the knowing. And actually it is so beautiful and I stand by it and I will till the day I die, that it is one of the most powerful modalities that women can do. And you don't need a huge amount of time or space or any of that. You can do it anywhere. That rocking and that spiraling and that moving with the life force and the sexual energy and the birthing energy. Yeah. So I love, I love my work. I love belly dance birth as a modality. So it is the practice. So in embodied birth, we have all the principles and the psychology and the physiology. And then we have the practice. How do I get to that, those places? Through the dance, through the breath, through the sound, through the movement. And you will see women instinctively moving women who are connected you can't help but make those movements often yeah. and then we have to release in the jaw the jaw connected to the pelvis the lips connected to the cervix the throat connected to the vagina so we're releasing and opening into all of those spaces but working with the emotions is equally as important because the emotion informs the physical body yeah? And that's where the medical pathway goes wrong because the more fear we put into women, the more intellectual information, the more things that she has to think about, the less she'll be in her heart and body. And so that is why women feel often that they can't let go and surrender. All the people looking at them, instructing them, telling them what to do. And belly dance birth can work lock yourself in the bathroom and just move with those contractions to expand work with baby and you will know what to do and if you don't you have a voice you can ask for guidance or support or whatever it is you need if that's drugs if that's some kind of intervention if that is a c-section but you are in the center knowing that you're number one with your baby and that is what embodied birth always brings us home to this is such an important message for women whether they're having their first or their second or whatever it's just such an important simple simple message yeah and it gets I'm, lost it gets lost oh yeah because everything. it's not complex it doesn't go into the mind you don't have to you know do a whole long course it's just simple yes that's right i'm really glad we had this second chance at the conversation because i think we got much deeper than the first time around so mm. those gremlins did a good job getting rid of that <laughs> <laughs> getting rid of that first interview I'm going to let everyone know that I will actually be writing a little blog post about this interview. So I'll have all of the information for you uh, listeners to get in touch so that you can either um, sign up for the, uh, for anyway, just get in touch with Maha and you can, <laughs> you can start learning. You can start reaching out. You can start dancing. You can start giving birth uh, the way that, uh, that your body knows how to do. Mm. So yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we spoke. I'm always so thrilled to meet you because you, 
you embody and give voice to so much that I've been practicing over the years, but I've always been practicing in, a, you know, I, I, quite, I practice in a quiet way. I've attended births. I've, you know, reached a, a number of women, but you're just out there in a dramatic <laughs> and lovely way. I love it. It's, it's so wonderful. So thank you so, so much. Keep your voice Thanks. loud. Keep on dancing. Keep on inspiring us. Mm. And um, thank you. yeah, have a wonderful rest of the day. And uh, I'll, I'll let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. Thank you, Rivka. Thank you to everybody. And as Rivka said, yes, if you need to be inspired and to know that the living book is within, read her. Read her. Lots of love to everybody. Thank you.